Hey there, welcome to the Creative Metaverse Podcast, formerly known as the Game Artist Podcast. My name is Ryan Kingsline, and I'm the CEO of Vertex School, where we train creatives for the career of their lives. In this podcast, we interview amazing creatives and artists working in film, games, and building the metaverse right now. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining me. Ryan here, and I have with me here Paul. Paul, how do I say your last name? Uh, Videlsky. Videlsky, awesome. And uh, I'm really excited to be talking to Paul today, um, specifically because one of the things that we deal with in the boot camp is this idea in the game arts, is this idea that you're either stylized or you're realistic. And, you know, I'm sitting here looking at Paul's art station. It's like, Paul, you've run the whole gamut, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> You know, I think it's really neat. And uh, and where you got in the industry and where you are today, I, I'm I'm fascinated to kind of dig in and learn more. So let me let me remind everybody the way this operates. Uh, we'll open this up for Q and A, but please, by all means, throw your questions out as you get them for those of you who are in here live with me, and I will kind of uh, pepper those in with my own so that we'll be able to have the conversation going. And then, uh, Paul, if you don't mind, why don't you throw up like uh, your art station or something just so people have something to look at? And uh, and I don't know if you have a presentation in mind, like you have a, a bunch of imagery. Um, but um, I guess what I would really love to start with is um, just to give me a sense of what you do today. So at the moment, I'm a character artist at Splash Damage. Um, and yeah, uh, I work on uh, Gears Tactics. It's just been announced at E3. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing stuff for that. Cool. And what does that mean? And especially because it says you're a senior character artist. So what does that mean? What's it? How's it different than a junior? Uh, how's it different than a lead? How's that work? So uh, it just means I do more stuff outside of the pure character art pipeline. Like I help out with a bit of a tech side as well, uh, investigating new workflows and things like that. So the senior just means um, a bit more responsibility and uh, more uh, like investigation uh, rather than just being a sort of like assembly line kind of thing. Yeah. You're looking at house. Okay. More. So what does a day look like at, um, at Splash Damage? You know, of course, not sharing anything proprietary or anything, but just in general sense, you know, you, you wait, you get into work. Are you um, right away starting on projects that you had? Do you have meetings? You know, how's, how's the, the general day look? So, yeah, generally I'll have like a project I'm working on, like mm -hmm. a, a head or a, like an armor set or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have that running. I'll be doing that all day. And generally I'll get uh, people asking me about uh, maybe some issues with uh, rigging or something that happened before or um, people asking uh, about texturing side. So generally I'll be doing stuff all day with just little bits and pieces coming up throughout the day. Yeah. And are you responsible to uh, for other people, like management, management or anything of that nature? Uh, no, we have quite a small uh, team in the characters, mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not managing anyone directly. Uh, I just just means I help more with uh, like outsourcing, for example. Right, got it. Okay, and then um, a small team. So, does everybody kind of have their own project that they're on, or does everybody help out from one project to another? You. Um, how, what kind of things do you end up find you're finding yourself working on? Uh, yeah, generally people work on their own thing. Um, but yeah, we all like help each other out and we'll review each other's work and see what we can learn from each other. So it's a really nice environment in that kind of way. 
Got it. Great. And then um, t- let's talk a little bit about how you got here. Like, what got you into game arts? Right. So uh, I was really bored <laughs> one day when okay. I started playing uh, some mods back when I was like uh, 19. Yeah. So I was just looking into like retexturing stuff. And um, so I <laughs> I wanted to retexture some things and I realized you have to learn UV mapping. And then from UV mapping, I learned some modeling and it all sort of snowballed and I found it really interesting. Uh, and then I started like making guns, <laughs> like every 3D artist does. Yeah. And uh, one day I wanted to expand out of that. And my friend was like, well, why don't you have someone holding those guns? So I tried to do some character art, realized I couldn't <laughs> draw or sculpt. So I sort of uh, started learning and watching tutorials and things like that. Yeah. Um, but all the while still doing like other 3D things. Um, but uh, practicing my characters as well. Uh, so from that, um, I got my first job at Sony in Guerrilla Cambridge, uh, making guns for the PSVR game rigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and during that time, I was practicing on my own character art stuff at home, like doing lunchtime sculpts, always having a project on in the background. Um, and then eventually I moved on to splash damage or I was doing uh, more gun making and environment art things as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, uh, the art director for the game I'm on got wind of my uh, aspirations to be a character artist, and yeah. they they gave me a shot. Uh, so here I am today. Sweet. What does it mean they gave you a shot? Well, do they give you a character or an art test or a project? Uh, no. Well, he told me that because my in my portfolio I had a lot of mainly stylized stuff. I was yeah. doing a lot of stylized stuff at the time. Yeah. And he advised me to like do a realistic project. So uh, one of the, so I went in and uh, I made Ash from the Alien movie. So I did a sculpt of him and I learned a lot about realistic uh, sculpting and facial sculpting. Mm-hmm. And so that helped. Uh, and also doing uh, lunch lunch crunches every lunch, like guess what word goes around it. You do that kind of thing that you're really into it. And yeah, that helped as well a lot. Oh, that's awesome. So you were in the community, uh, Danny's community, the lunch crunch before they shut it down? Oh, no, sorry. I mean, just like my own lunchtime sculpts at work. Ah, cool. And people talk. (laughs) Okay, got it. So that's not a common career path, is it? Not that Game Arts has that, but most people don't go from guns to character. Or am I wrong? No, no, it is is a strange one. A lot of people have told me that, uh, yeah. We don't really see that kind of thing. Uh... <laughs> yeah, most people I know that do hard surface, they like get really into hard surface. It goes from guns to just like environments and sci-fi kind of stuff. So yeah. did you teach yourself anatomy? How did you get yourself uh, ramped up on all that? Yeah, so uh, at first I just I didn't have any anatomical knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I just went like right to the basics, just drawing and just got like sketchbooks full of just like rubbish I started with, and eventually I um, played around in Mudbox a bit, um, doing some sculpting there. And then I bought some books on uh, ZBrush, actually, actually one of your books. Huh. And that helped me get started, like, uh, to navigate around yeah. and to get a, a good sense of how to start and finish a character project. Cool. Okay. So largely self-taught, just, you know, like most of us are, actually. Great. Yeah. And uh, luckily... Like at the time, there were just loads of things going out on YouTube and like digital tutors and all that stuff was like really ramping up. So it was a great uh, tutor, uh, source for that. Right. Yeah, I remember that. So what are some of the problems that you run into as a artist today? What is a frustration that, you know, just you still have after all this time? <laughs> um, 
the sort of feeling that I'm uh, getting out of practice, like I do a lot of uh, sculpting at home and drawing and stuff like that, just to keep up with it. And uh, yeah, one of my frustrations is that I don't have enough time. <laughs> mm. Really, do you feel like you uh, have to you have to keep up with everything and like there's competition, or is this kind of just you're driving yourself to be better? I think it's a mix of both. Like, um, it's, it's really rewarding seeing yourself like progress and like learning new things, even just like the small little anatomical details. But it's always great to just learn more stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just like a, a self-imposed um, kind of thing. Can you walk us through one of the characters? Yeah, sure. Um, well, just from concept to finish. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that um, that I like to tell people in the boot camps is that uh, it's not important for you to be kind of a master of all things, but that there are certain triggers, there are certain things that are very important. And, you know, you're hitting a ton uh, like this just looks incredibly beautiful. So I'd love to just hear like, how did you approach it? What shortcuts did you take, if any? And, um, you know, the software that you used, things like that. Yeah, with um, with characters that I design myself, mm-hmm. I like to start off um, doing some concept sculpts, getting together like a pure effort of things that like inspire me or sort of in the general theme. Um, I like to sort of write a brief backstory just to kick things off and like just do a lot of drawing and research like from like books or games or movies or anything that sort of inspires that character. So once I've got like a, a general idea down, I'll start um, doing uh, just a, a nude body just for a base. And so it sort of doubles up as an anatomy study as well. And yeah, then I'll just start making blobby shapes and then polishing them out into the proper high polys. Uh, there's a lot of uh, going back and forth doing like paint overs and things like that. So I'll just bring up some of the stuff I was doing. It's like, yeah, I'll go back, do some paint overs and designs of things that need to be fleshed out along. So so I don't start with a fully realized concept. I just start with a, like, a, like a path to go down and then uh, certain themes I'll stick to. So for instance, with this guy, his theme was like, he's sort of like an arrogant noble. And, you know, he's sort of, <laughs> it's like basically, a lot of inspiration was from Game of Thrones, right? So they're like, they're weighing over their heads. They're too young to be uh, doing what they're doing. And yeah. So from the sculpting, I'll just move on to uh, low poly and uh, unwrapping, which I'll do all in 3ds Max. So you end up with something like that. That's just the, the rig version. Mm-hmm. And um, is this uh, all one piece? Do you uh, allow multiple pieces and just interpenetration? How do you work that? Yeah, I generally have everything split up as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, these days, the, in terms of budgets for characters, you can really afford to split off things that you couldn't before, like uh, bolts and things like that. So yeah, in some places you can add a lot more detail, whereas you couldn't before. Right. Uh, so I'm generally trying to think like if this was in a, a like a next gen game, right? And if like if the player is you know interfacing with this character in first person and that kind of thing. Got it. And you don't worry about interpenetration uh, of the belt, things of that nature. You just let the rigger handle that. Um, well, there's always going to be some sort of uh, like clipping and things like that. Mm-hmm. But generally, uh, I'll keep it as clean as possible. Uh, when it comes to posing here. Um, because it's not going to be rigged for a game, right? I, uh, I'll just like cheat and sculpt out some bits that are that yeah. are um, intersecting. 
Yeah, that's great. If you're going to hand it over to a rigger and animator, then you've got, you've got to be making sure that you know, everything is as clean as possible, no intersection. Mm -hmm. And that's just in the base pose. So, so if you don't mind, I'd love to go back to um, the sculpting side of this because if we look at that, uh, what, what you were considering the sculpting, there's uh, what software are you using? And really, what I'm getting at is, are you using Marvelous Designer? Or are you sculpting this all by hand? How, how's that working? Uh, um, well, for my own projects, I like to sculpt it all by hand just because uh, I really enjoy fold sculpting. It's just. Uh, a lot of fun. It's like it's it's an anatomical yeah. thing, but like origins and insertions of folds. Uh huh. Yeah. It's just satisfying. <laughs> uh, that's great. So this is all hand sculpted. Yeah, because so it's uh, all hand sculpted. It takes a while to do. Like for the the gambeson, like that that was a couple of weeks <laughs> of uh, sculpting. Oh wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but a lot of reference. Yeah, and you're using what kind of brushes are you using? What do you have here? You have. Chisel. Okay. What what kind of brushes do you use for doing folds like this? Because um, this is this is definitely one of those art forms. Like I had a class with Steve Lord, and uh, Steve Lord has this really cool way of doing them, and he starts with these like loose shapes, and then he refines it. Um, but it, you know, it looks like you're taking these farther than I've seen some of uh, some of Steve's. This is looking really really designed, quite beautiful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so. I'm mainly using the um, just a standard brush in conjunction with a, like a high smooth and H polish just to really make them look solid because mm -hmm. you don't want that blobby effect when it comes to folds. You want it you want it to look really nice and weighty and polishing in those planes really helps with that kind of thing. Yeah. So there's no special brushes. It's just standard H polish and smooth. Wow. And then just uh, I mean. Fan standard just for like the little ones and just adding in a bit of sharpness mm -hmm. in some areas. But with this guy, it was mainly, uh, yeah, those few. Yeah, awesome. And so in Damien's standard brush for some of the tight folds in the gambeson, right? Yeah. And like on here, on like the, where the thumb joint is and yeah, got just it. where you're getting really tight creases. Now, this is one of the debates um, that we have. Uh, w do you consider Marvelous Designer an essential thing for a character artist? Uh, I think in production, uh, you won't be really able to avoid it, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But I think for personal work, um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really think you should be, in general, sculpting your own folds mm -hmm. just because you learn so much from it. Yeah. I think Marvelous is great if you've, if you know what you're doing with it in the first place, because you need to know what the folds will look like. And I think you can get a sense of that if you sculpt them yourselves. Yeah, so one of the gonna... one of the um, techniques we have that uh, we demo is you use Marvelous and then you clean them up and you use H polish and things like that and standard brush. But, you know, this these are really beautiful folds that you're starting off with. Uh, how about the creation of all the parts? Are you using my, uh, sorry, Max to create um, some of the more hard surface elements around there? Or are you just uh, extracting these in ZBrush? And because you said you start with a blob and then polish it up. Uh, yeah. So with like the hard surface things like the armor, I'll make a basic, the basic shape just as like a high poly mesh, uh -huh. as you might making it like any other objects, like a gun or something. Yeah. And in, then I'll bring in it Max. Brush. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I can bring it up. Oh, that'd be awesome. So yeah, here we go. This is <laughs> what it looks like before all the ZBrush stuff. So it's just uh, basic high poly modeling. So I'll do like a concept sculpt in ZBrush, decimate it, bring it into Max, and then essentially trace over it. 
Ah, okay. So you do start in ZBrush with some some kind of rough element, probably using clay buildup or clay to pull something out, or no? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Clay buildup and trim dynamic and uh, a bit of damp standard as well, just to get those sharp edges. Uh-huh. Just so I have something to work from. Great. Helps with like any organic modeling, uh, sort of like organic shape to modeling, especially like armor. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Uh, I know I didn't prep you for this, but do you have any early versions that you could show just to give sense of people, give people a sense of what uh, you know, what it looks like in the early stages when they might be taking it too yeah. far? No, no. I <laughs> I once saved a corrupted file a few years ago, and now I've made like a, a version every single time I work on it. Yeah. My iterations, oh yeah, you've got the same iterations I do. You get like 200 plus iterations. <laughs> yeah, like I think I actually run out of space. I might leave with some of the really old ones. But... Yeah. One of my friends, uh, Tomas Witzelbach, he's got, I think it was like four terabytes of quick saves, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I think Pixelogic literally built a feature just for him to be able to put his quick saves on a hard drive. <laughs> so I mean, this is actually a bit later, but you can see all the the armor's really like it just comes straight out of Max. It's not been worked on. Yeah, you can see like the belt, for example. Like this is what I there we go start yep. with and then into Max and just build over it. Okay, good. That's a really good example. So just something simple so that you know what the um, proportions are and um, yeah, exactly. and then you yeah. go from there. Okay, I got that. That's pretty. Just cool. so I can be aware of uh, like how the belt would sink into the canvas and how it would intersect with the other belts. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> Okay, and then um, is that just something you do with an ex- uh, extraction, subtool extraction, or do you use some other feature? Uh, yes, I think for this belt, for the belts, I use the subtool extraction. Uh, generally, I'll just like plop a sphere in and move it around until it resembles it. Cool. Okay. All right. That looks neat. Okay. So, what is important in your mind for a character artist? So, if I'm looking at this, if we look at this. And other people are looking at this and they're like, you know, this is just amazing. This looks beautiful. What is the, um, what are the elements that you need, somebody needs to really master to be able to pull off good character art? Um, so a good, uh, obviously good anatomy. That is the key thing. Uh, everything's moving towards very realistic these days. So a strong knowledge of that is really important. Um, for, if you're, for more designing your own characters, a thing you should uh, be looking into is uh, storytelling and because uh, it is just all just one big story essentially your character so you need to be thinking about not just what he looks like or what the final thing is just like how are they what world do they belong to what how do they interact with other people it'll all dictate your design and your character yeah um, is that right or did you want more like technical <laughs> answer yeah, what else technically could we um, offer them? So anatomy, a sense of things connected and, and whatnot. And then what else, um, especially when you're looking at portfolios and you're reviewing things, what are you looking for? Oh, right. So in, in terms of portfolio stuff, like uh, properly completed projects, like uh, all the way down to low poly and rendering and posing as well is important. Yeah. That will really help sell your character. Like uh, I think just having like an A pose in your portfolio is, I think it's, good enough but to really stand out i think a good pose would uh, does really help in a portfolio okay good pose um what about an anatomy you said and then um what else kind of let's start with the negative what triggers you to say that somebody's a little bit more on the amateur side than they're than the professional uh i think texturing uh immediately like 
springs up. Yeah. Uh, I've seen like really good modeling, uh, but the texturing just lets it down. Mm. Uh, so I think a good focus on that can really help your model as well. I mean, substance designer and painter now, we can make really amazing textures. So yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah, that is very true. All right. So, um, what do you see as the differences between stylized and realistic? You, you've kind of gone through both, and, and you do both today, too, I think, because your lunch crunches are really kind of um, just really beautiful stylized pieces a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, I like to jump between the two. Uh, I think if you just focus on realistic sculpts, you'll start to forget the sort of basic uh, um, sort of shapes of like like a stylized lip and what a stylized like cheekbone looks like. Mm-hmm. And uh, like both, like realistic sculpting and stylized sculpting will help you in both uh, in each other. Yeah, that's great. Can we head back over to your art station real quick? Yeah, sure. Okay, so if we're looking at, uh, like, let's say, I forget the name of the character. Wait, I'll pull up your art station here. Um, the Maricomancer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> An old piece of work. <laughs> yeah. So if we're looking at a piece like this and um, and all all the sculpt, all the texturing, all the work that you've done on this, like what is it that if you're looking back over this now, I'm, I'm sure you've got some things that you'd like to change. But like what is it that's important here and still really important that, you know, and good that you put into this work? And what, I, what I'm trying to do and what I do often with my students is I, I'm always trying to find like what are the triggers that helps somebody like yourself who looks at portfolios, things like that, helps them see you know, that somebody's really hit the nail on the head and, and has what it takes. So I'm always looking, and I, and I know it's hard to look at your own work, but if we're looking at this, what really communicates, you know, that that this is kind of, you know, a, a professional piece that, that you really enjoy looking at in it? Um, Does that question make sense? Yes, I think so. Um, so, yeah, like before I was saying, like a pose helps. Yep. Uh, to show that it's that you're you've got skills outside just of the character art pipeline. Shows yeah. that you've got like real skills that helps. Um, a lighting as well, like a well lit a scene, really helps as well. Just shows that you have like, uh, like an artistic sense of how lighting is used in your characters. Yeah, and it seems to be story. I mean, there's a massive story element to this. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. What, what um, is the story behind this? <laughs> So with her, uh, she was like a, a demon found during World War Two by the Allies, and they recruited her to like resurrect soldiers in the battlefield. Yeah, that was her story. <laughs> nice, nice. So what's going on below her? Is she re- resurrecting? Yeah, so she'd be like floating above the battlefield, and like <laughs> dead soldiers like bursting out the ground, being like, "Revive me!" Nice. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. <laughs> So, you know, what do you like? Does do you love to see stories like this in people's portfolio? Is this something that you think um, really helps their chances get a job, or is, is it just, is it something that's just really fun to do? You know, how does this fit into the whole job side of it? Uh, I, things with uh, strong stories really do set um, characters apart from yeah. others. Okay, like you know, you see a million like knights in armor or you know, dudes with guns, but to uh, really set them apart, you need a story element to it. Uh, you need to be conveying more than that. Then this is just someone in a suit of armor. Mm-hmm. Something like Where do you get your stories? Just everywhere, really. Uh, like what I'm playing at the moment, what I'm reading, what I'm watching. Like with this guy, he originally started off as <coughs> like a Dark Souls fan art, but then I was reading all the Game of Thrones and that all influenced that. A lot of influences from media, basically. Mm-hmm. The 
this kind of goes in hand in hand with this because, uh, you know, ideas are out there, but you trust yourself with your idea and you trust yourself in this path because character art is such a long path. I think you said you start these things and you're not entirely sure. Um, you know, you don't have an end game yet. It's more like a path. Was that was that what you said? Yeah. So I've got like a, a vague idea in mind, like this character will be this, but the, the fun comes along the way where you like how things start to evolve. Um, like from your original concept and what other ideas you get just along the way because they they take a, a long such a long time to do <laughs> you're doing so many other things that you'll get a lot of sort of influences along the way okay so along those lines then how do you keep how do you deal with confidence and following this path and keeping you know working on these projects as you go through the ugly phase or, or things of that nature yeah there's a really uh, there's always that part where you'll be working on it for months and then you look at it and you just think it's not there yet yeah but uh, to get through that you just really have to you might have to go back to the drawing board and uh, you know redo a few things um, get some advice from friends or people online uh, even if it's just a little thing sometimes it can really help like for example on on the bloodborne character i did she had a completely different like lower half and uh i showed it to my girlfriend and she was like yeah, it's not really working try like this style of trouser and i was like oh my god this is this really works and then that opens like a whole path of styles and fashions i could look into and then that really boosts that forward uh so yeah always ask people what your work is like that really helps yeah great so what advice do you give people um when you do talks or when you're talking to people what do you what advice do you give them when they're looking to start this career as a game artist um advice so yeah just generally don't just focus on sculpting um i'd say look into drawing and uh, painting as well because it all feeds into the same uh, set of skills like it's all it all really helps to do it um in terms of in terms of actually getting a job as a character artist um look into other art avenues, like for example, I went into character art through asset art, and you could try and do it through environment art. Just uh, yeah, always be making art. Do you think it's fair to say that the most important thing is to get your foot in the door somewhere, and then you can move from department to department, project to project? Yeah, that does really help. Once you get your foot in the door, then you start meeting people, you start talking to people, um, start talking to like you start talking to people in positions that you want to be, and you find out from them. So, yeah. Cool. Well, along the lines of doing other things, Alejandro was asking about your lighting for um, for this one for the for the Lordling. Um, what was your inspiration for developing this lighting? Uh, Rembrandt, or were you thinking classical painting, or what was on your mind with this? Yeah, well, exactly that. <laughs> uh, so I was looking at like Rembrandt paintings, paintings of like kings and lords and princes and just really taking inspiration from that. Uh, I'll just bring up some of the key images I had for that. So yeah, that really soft lighting. So yeah, there we go. Uh, this guy and yeah, just uh, the, like the one key light. Yep. Just above the head, and then just it softens everything out below it. Nice. And did you render in um, Marmoset, Keyshot, Unreal? Uh, in Marmoset. Mm, those guys do good. Mar I love that team over at Marmoset. They are just awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. The, the results you get so quickly. Really something. Cool. All right. Uh, if you don't mind, uh, Paul, let's head back to your art station. I want yeah. to make sure everybody knows where to find you. Do you have any gum roads? Do you have, do any training? Do you do anything on your own? Um, if people wanted to learn more about you and more about your process, like what, what, um, 
where can we send them? Um, I'm not working on any tutorials at the moment. Uh, okay. I'm pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm looking to doing it. Uh, but yeah, you can find all my stuff on ArtStation. That's where I post it all. All right. So you guys know, head over to uh, ArtStation. It's PAV3D, and uh, and you'll be able to get right into it. And I sh I need to add to that list. Uh, watching your critique, you should absolutely teach. You have a very good way of presenting that knowledge. So yeah, I'd love to get anything you you uh, you put on Gumroad or any classes you do myself. So really uh, oh. solid. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for coming in and for joining and, and for asking all your questions and all of that thing. I think um, the last question that just never really got answered was, you know, what's your timeline for creating characters? It's kind of the perennial question, <laughs> but I'd like to ask it anyway. Yeah. So uh, this latest character took nearly a year to do. And that was, yes. Uh, just all in spare time. <laughs> yeah. I love to so, hear that, you know, because I have the story yeah. of um, Niles. He's over at MVP now, Niles Rush. And uh, he spent six months. 40 hours a week on one project yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then we get people that they're you know they don't know this and they're like i should be done with the character in a week it's like yeah maybe the hand maybe because <laughs> yeah you want to push it every time like they just it's an, another extra few months for every character like that bloodborne one took six months and so i wanted to push more details so he took 10 months um, yeah. Yeah. But it shows, time. you know, and it's like, that's, it's done. It's done at the highest level you can do. And, you know, those are absolutely gorgeous pieces. So thanks. That's, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right, my friend, thank you so much. So great to meet you and hear a bit about your story and all that stuff. Have a fantastic uh, evening. You too. Thank you. It's been uh, great being here. Uh, right. Thanks guys for your work. Thanks. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this. And I want to ask just two things of you. Number one, make sure to leave a comment or rank this wherever you are listening to it on Apple, uh, Stitcher, Spotify. It really makes a difference in helping us get the word out about this industry and about what we do. Number two, make sure you visit vertexschool.com to learn more about what programs we offer in this area as a creative and for artists who are looking to jumpstart their career and discover a new industry. Again, thank you so much for listening. We're accepting applications right now, so I look forward to hearing from you soon.